They're in. Well, we still have one troubled problem here. Somebody hit his eye? Somebody hit his eye or what? Okay. So are you all excited to be here this morning or? Okay. <laughs> um, let's just begin this morning with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you this morning, Lord, so thankful that it is you that we can look to. It is you that is the author, the finisher of our faith, the one, Lord, that we know in all things is there for us. And Lord, I just pray that each one of us would put our focus on you. Even this morning as we sing, Lord, would we be thinking about you, what you have done, what you are going to do, not only for us, but for this world, for, for the people in this world, Lord, and that the reality of it is that you are there for each and every one of us. No matter what may go on, we only need Jesus. That's the most thing that we need. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Anthony, your mic is still on, blasting up through here, just so you know. There we go. Um, so this morning I was thinking uh, of a Keith and Christy Getty song, and we're not going to sing it because I wasn't um, sure if I could actually pull that one off. But um, And now I'm going to draw a complete blank about how this song starts. But it talks about... All we need is Jesus. In everything that we have, the most important part is Jesus. If we have Jesus, we need nothing else. And that is the reality I hope that each one of us understands as we witness the news or as we go through life in these, in these different times, if you will, that if we have Jesus, we have nothing to fear. If we have Jesus, we don't have to worry about tomorrow. And our heart can sing to God with pure abandon, if you will, because of him. Because the reality of it is, I think someday we'll get to heaven. And we'll wonder why we tried so hard to stay on earth. Because heaven will be so amazing, we'll wonder why we didn't get there as fast as we could have. But instead, we spend so much time worrying about how to stay here. Um, so point your hearts and your minds heavenward this morning. And I... I hope that while we sing, it's not about us up here. We're so imperfect, especially me. I'm going to hit every, well, not every note wrong, but a lot of them, a lot of keys wrong. But it's not about that. But point your, your heart and your mind towards Christ. Sing to him this morning. As we sing these songs, think about what he is doing, what he has done, what he is going to do, and about what an amazing God that we serve
So this morning as we're singing, think about if you have a testimony or a word of encouragement to share or something that God has done in your life or has encouraged you with this week or this month or this year. It doesn't have to just be uh, this week, but something that God has encouraged you with. If you want to share that in between the songs here, feel free to do that. We'd love to hear it. It's such an encouragement for us too. Um, in our one night this week that I managed to be home and have family devotions, we have... I have a crazy work schedule and my son has baseball games like seems like all the time so we are busy in the evenings and sitting around the supper table and then having devotions doesn't always work that well but the one that we did have we were uh, I forget exactly what the gist of it was that we were talking about Gabriel the archangel Gabriel and the times that he came I remember what the gist of it was that he always came and said fear not and why could he say that it was because he was always bringing the message of Christ he was always saying, fear not, God is with you or God has sent me. It always was Jesus that he pointed to. So we don't have to fear because of that very thing. But one of the thoughts that stuck with me the most was, and this song reminded me of this, is that Gabriel first appeared, who knows where Gabriel first appeared? Where? Mary? Nope. Old Testament. Daniel, I believe it was Daniel that Gabriel first appeared to. Then he appeared to Mary. Where else was it? There was three times, wasn't it? Is Joseph, was it Joseph, was it Joseph and then also Mary, I believe. So there was three times, I believe, that he appeared. But did you ever think about how many years went by in between that time? Between Daniel and Joseph? And this song even says, this shall for, even God's love will more endure, forever endure, the saints and the angels song. Gabriel's been singing for hundreds and hundreds of years. We don't know exactly when they, uh, Daniel or Gabriel was created or God made Gabriel, but we do know that he's not aged. He's still there. He's still doing the same job. He's still there to do what God has asked. Think about that for eternity of what we will also get to participate in. This song, um, I think it's just, it's such a beautiful song, but it's called I Desire Jesus, and it says, um, but it's just, the whole song is talking about how we desire Jesus and what he did for us, and um, how he is worthy of all honor and all glory, and I think it's one of the songs that we're going to be singing in heaven for all eternity, is... Why would Jesus pick me? Why would he ransom me? I did nothing to deserve his goodness and his grace. And um, yet he took his our sin upon him on the cross. Um, and he set us free. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. So looking forward to when he comes home and we can all, or when he comes and we can all go home, be with him forever. Um, and singing this song together for all eternity. 
I desire Jesus, precious Lamb who ransomed me. Upon the cross He took my sin, by His blood He set me
you are our creator. What you've done, what you've done for us is amazing. And I stand amazed again with my brothers and sisters in the presence of Jesus in And wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned upon me. How marvelous, Lord, how wonderful is your great salvation for us. And I just take this moment to praise you, Lord Jesus, in the congregation, because you alone are worthy of all glory, honor, praise, because you have redeemed us. You have come to earth, lived in the flesh like a man. You've given your life a sacrifice, the death of the cross, and then you rose again, and then you ascended on high, and now you ever live to make intercession. You are our advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That's who you are. Our advocate with the Father. You've forgiven all of our sins. You have that authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. And I just thank you for that personal experience of friendship with you, that you have forgiven all my sins. Not even one remains. You've completely forgiven, but more than just forgiven, You've justified me. You have proclaimed me righteous and blameless before my Father. So I worship you, Lord Jesus, because you are the Lord. You have redeemed my soul out of the hand of the enemy, and you have adopted me into your family. Lord Jesus, only you can do that, and you alone have done that. So we worship. So my mind was on Daniel still. So this morning I was reading out of Daniel. And I know this last chapter of Daniel can be a little bit misinterpreted. Or not misinterpreted. People have different interpretations of the last chapter of Daniel. But instead of looking at it as whether there's a tribulation or any of those things. But looking at it as the encouragement that it is. That's what I read it for this morning. Was an encouragement of God the faithfulness of him and to know that when he has spoken it will be so however you may interpret this but it will be so as he meant it and that no matter what happens to this earth it'll be him so bear with me as I read through these um, 13 verses it's not that long so I think you can manage to uh, you can read along if you want to Daniel chapter 12 at that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who is charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been seen there, such as never has been seen since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn, turn many to righteousness shall the stars forever and ever. I'm sorry, let me read that again. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. 
But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the end of time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream, and one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a, be for a time times and half a time and then when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to the end of these things would be finished I heard but I did not understand then I said oh my Lord what shall be the outcome of these things he said go go your way Daniel for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined but the wicked shall act wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. And from that time, and from that time that the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination of that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1335th day. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest, and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. I think my favorite verses in that chapter is, um, now I've got to find it again here. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake and come to everlasting life, and some to shame and some to everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. I just have such hope of the life that we will have someday in Christ in heaven. I don't know why my mind is so much on heaven right now. I think it's because when things, don't you always look forward to the best part to come when everything is falling apart around you? If you're having a bad day, you look forward to the next day, hoping it'll be better. If you're working really hard, you're looking forward to vacation. If you're on vacation, you look forward to staying there. Um, <laughs> but I think that is how we can anticipate Christ in that same way. Yes, things are tough, but we look forward to that glorious day of someday being there. This next song is forever.
When the storm was rolled away, His perfect love could not be overcome. Now then, praise your sing, our resurrecting has rendered you defeated. Forever be is glorified.
When the stars burn down and the earth wears out and we stand before the throne with the witnesses who have gone before we will rise and all applaud singing blessing and honor have a testimony they want to share or a prayer request? I've been thinking about the, the sower that went forth to the sower, the parable that it's actually an 
of the sea with seven different places, some wood scores by the sun, some fell on stony ground, and some being chosen, some thistles in terms of hell. And then, of course, uh, the disciples, they want to know what this means. And Jesus explained to them that the seed is the word of God. And I think of that, you know, when I read the word of God, uh, I think the soil is like my heart. My life, why did I come mm. to the word of God? And um, how important it is that, that Jesus is actually the word. Mm. And the soul. So this morning I'm you know, singing these songs and uh, hearing his word. It's like Jesus is giving mm. us to see and what we do with it. And the Bible tells us that even if the word is the end, that we say, so true and it's Christ that is doing the watering and the planting and all of it if we're allowing that and growing in him then it does come out like liver, rivers of living water, if you will, out of our lives. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy Sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing your song. Slow to end. 
So let's have the children come forward. This isn't all the kids' songs yet, but I think I have one that the adults can stand and help us with because we all like to get a little Pentecostal on Sunday morning. Um, can you do the motions down there with the kids' songs? Come, Benny. Yeah. Benson, come. Hey, well, come here. See if you guys can hear me whisper. Stand right with Daddy. All right, stand right here. Don't move. Don't wiggle. Don't clap your hands. Say hi. Okay. All right. I used to do this song back in Asia too. So you kids are gonna learn how to go. Okay. The best part of this whole song is at the end is when you get to go. Woo! All right. You wait for it. When you hear it, then on the second time around, you guys do it. All right. Got it? All right. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men may see the truth and know he is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see we want to see Jesus lifted high. Step by step, we're moving forward. Little by little, we're taking ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon. Strong old start, tumbling down and down and down and down. Woo! We want to see Jesus lifted high. Banner that flies across this land That all men may see the truth and know He is the way to heaven We want to see, 
wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. We wanna see, we wanna see, we wanna see Jesus lifted high. Step by step, we're moving forward, little by little, we're taking ground. Every prayer, a powerful weapon, stronghold start, tumbling down and down and down and down. Woo! We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men may see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see, want to see, want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, want to see, want to see Jesus lifted high. Good job. Wow. So is there any other song you want to see your parents do? God's not dead. Okay. Well, John's sure standing up back there. I don't know. Do you guys have to go back there and pull him by the hand and get him to stand up? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys each want to pick an adult to go and get to stand up? <laughs> well, we got Phil and Katie up. Let me go get John up. Abe. Abe would be a good one. Abe doesn't stand up. No. All right. So God's not dead. Key of D. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. I feel him in my hand. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. I feel him in my soul. Whoa, feel him all over me. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. God's not dead. No, he is alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart, I feel him in my soul, Woo! feel him all over me. All right. Benny's really feeling him all over him. Okay. Huh? An old, an old? Oh. Maybe he's singing ancient words or something down there. I don't know. Um, maybe it's a song he learned in the womb with the position. I don't know. All right. What's another one? Um, what about that one where we used to do that one and then the Mexican tree? Oh, you want to do like, uh, I, I may never march in the... Yeah. Okay. I'm in the Lord's army. I think Oh, Ali? Yeah. Does Ali know this one? Oh, you will know it when you get done with this, bro. It'll be your favorite song. We should have sang it the last time you preached here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I may never. D again. 
I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never soar o'er the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I. juicy taco I may never wear a big sombrero but I'm in the Lord's army yes senor I'm in the Lord's army si senor I'm in the Lord's army si senor I may never take a trip to Mexico ride a donkey oh so slow eat a juicy taco I may never wear a big sombrero but I'm in the Lord's army si senor see if it gets taco in it it gets Eli excited okay what's another one hmm Wrapped up, tied up? You guys are not tired of that song yet, huh? No fast, wrapped up, tied up. No fast. Well, guess what? It's a little hard for me. It's wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Can you get this? Go like this. Wrapped up, tied up. Nope. Got to crisscross your hands. Nope. Kind of close. So take your hands. Turn them around. No, take your hands, put them out like this. Try here. Let me show you. Okay, go out your hands like this. Put your hands out like this. Now twist them all the way around. Now take them across and right like this. You had it. Just about had it. There, you got it. No, then that's wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Wrapped up. I ain't got this right. <laughs> I got the right motions, but I ain't got the right rhythm here. Okay. Well, we won't go fast because I ain't got drums. And when I ain't got drums, I can't go fast because the rhythm just don't come out of me that way. You're welcome. All right. Gee, I think. Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Wrapped up, tied up. Tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus, I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side, inside, outside, side to side, 
inside, outside, side to side in God. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right. Upright, downright, living right. Upright, downright, living right in God. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. I'm inside, outside, side to side in Jesus. I'm upright, downright, living right in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. Inside, outside, side to side, upright, downright, living right in God. Yeah, give yourself a hand there. Wait a go, huh? <laughs> oh, we do now. He was drumming away the whole time. <laughs> I didn't see him back there. That's great. All right, shall we get? One or two more? No, fast. Too fast. No, no, fast. Okay. You don't like fast? I do. I don't. Someday, I hope you can keep that attitude at 16 in your car. No, no, fast. You'll make your daddy so happy if you jump in the car with your driver's license and say, no, no, fast. Okay. Got another one? What's one of the other new ones we learned? Trying to think. Huh? Somebody special? Somebody? I think I know. I think you know it. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I got the right key. God made me somebody special. Somebody special, yes siree. God made me somebody special. Somebody special, yes indeed. He knows when it's time I need him. He hears my humble prayer. He sees when things get hairy. And all I can feel is defeat. God made me somebody special. Somebody special. Yes, sirree. God made me somebody special. Somebody special. Yes, indeed. You know who wrote that? Somebody that was missing their front teeth. Somebody. Yeah, see, somebody just like you probably wrote it. They probably went, they couldn't sing somebody. They couldn't, couldn't get it, so they, somebody. <laughs> I can come up with a motion for that. Yeah. Too fast, okay. <laughs> All right, one more. What's another one we know very well? Jesus uh, loves me. Jesus loves me. We all should know that one very well. Okay. You probably even know this one. <laughs> D is good. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to Him 
You know what? I just thought of something. They've been quiet out here. I know. So how about, how about, uh, I got the joy, 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 joy. Do you think they can sing that at least? Because you guys, you guys got the wear, right? You got, you can, you can do wear, right? Okay. Well, they're going to sing it. You just got to say where. I've got maybe G turn. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. I know you guys can do it. So they're still curious where you got it. Okay, now they're going to ask you about the wonderful, love of your blessed dream you remember down in the depths of your heart. Okay, now you're going to make sure they know you're asking a question. All right, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed redeemer. Down in the depths of my heart. Down in the depths of my heart to stay. Good wear. Now you can go. Thank you. Thanks, Christy. brought these words to my mind in Revelation chapter 12. It tells us, verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. Who accuses them before our God day and night? 
Verse 11, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even to this, even to death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on the earth. Why are you rejoicing? You remember when Jesus sent out his 12 disciples and gave them power to heal people, to cast out demons from people, and they came back and they were full of joy. They were super happy. Wouldn't you be? If Jesus gave you that power and you walked through that day and everyone you prayed for was immediately healed from whatever disease or thing they were struggling with. And those who were oppressed by the devil were immediately released. Yes, that would be something to rejoice about, I think. But Jesus didn't say so. He said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you. There's a greater joy. There's a better reason for us to rejoice. It's this one. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a greater joy. And you and I can rejoice in that truth every day with the heavens. Because this is true. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. They have come to live right here on the earth. To live in your heart on the earth every day. And you and I can experience that power when we overcome the trials. What the? You every day. Do you recognize what it does? Or do you just get up and go about your busy day and do your plans without even considering what the blood of Jesus has to do with your day? Do you realize the only reason you get up that morning and have a reason to sing and to rejoice? Is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you're a slave to sin and the devil and have no reason to rejoice at all that day. No joy of heaven is yours if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross so that he has the authority to forgive you your sins that you committed in your sleep that night. That's right. The dreams that you may have had, the attitude you may have woke up with. And it wasn't like his attitude. It didn't match the attitude in heaven. And he has the authority to forgive you and to give you the joy of heaven that morning. That is the blood of Christ, the difference it makes. What a shame 
If you and I, as God's children, who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, get up every morning and don't even think about it. What a shame. We miss the joy of heaven that day, which is our strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And because we miss it, we don't talk about it. No wonder we're so depressed by the end of the day and wonder where our song went. There's a different life to be lived. Dear precious people of God, the life that they're singing about and talking about. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. You get up in the morning and you say so, right? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed out of the hand of the enemy and transported them into the kingdom of his dear son. That's the power of Christ for you and I every day of our life. And this morning... I'm so blessed and honored to introduce to you a man that Katie and I got to know, a dear brother in Christ, who many years ago was redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and today, and every day since then, I think, most days since then, he's been saved by the word of his testimony, and this morning, I want to give him an opportunity to share that testimony with us. His name is Brother Eldon Johnson, lives down the street, and just by chance, do you believe that? Not for a moment, right? Everyone's shaking their head. Not by chance, by God's divine guidance. Katie was walking up the sidewalk one morning, and, and he was walking up the sidewalk or down the sidewalk, and they got to know each other, and, and so he came here to church, and began to share his testimony, and yesterday morning, we had breakfast together up here at Village Inn, and as he was sharing his testimony and how he came to know the Lord Jesus, I asked him, Brother Eldon, would you share that word with us tomorrow morning? What you just did inspired me, and my thoughts came to this word. And he said, sure, I'd be happy to. So, Brother Eldon, would you come up, and uh, we'll pray together as he... Uh, shares, and, and then we'll give him the opportunity to, to share the word and, and whatever the Lord has laid on his heart. Let's pray together. Let me let my Bible here, brother. Heavenly Father, I'm so happy as a young man to stand here with my elderly brother. Lord Jesus is two of your sons, and as your sons and daughters here this morning, we come confidently and boldly to the throne of grace to find our help in our time of need. Your help in our time of need. You told us to come, Lord Jesus, for that mercy and grace. And I thank you and praise you that your mercies are new every morning. So I pray as our brother Eldon shares of your mercies in his life. And of your grace, your divine powerful influence over his life and his journey with you so far on the earth. 
I pray that you would be glorified, that you would put words in his mouth, that he would glorify you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for our brother, and we lift him up before you and pray your grace would be upon him, and you would encourage your people today through the life of our brother and his, the word of his testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you, brother. Amen. You can stand behind there, Annette, when you have something to put your Bible on. Okay. Let's get all of the I'm not in this position often, but one of the great things about being here is you get to look at all these smiling faces. It, it's so good to see people with a smile on their face. And uh, certainly you should observe that in a, one of the Lord's dear places called church. So thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I have a the scripture that's very meaningful to me and um, kind of speaks to my situation many years ago. In Romans chapter 10, you know, Paul uh, tells how you go about inviting Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And at the end of that little passage, uh, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then verse 14 is where I was. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And at age 35, uh, when I first came to understand what this is about, in my younger life, um, Grew up in eastern uh, Nebraska and eventually moved to Greeley, Colorado. I was a heavy equipment operator. That was my occupation uh, uh, in Nebraska. It was mostly road building. And, uh, I worked on Interstate I-80 from Omaha this way. And, and when a contractor ran out of, uh, 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 of assignments. A um, couple of guys and I came to Denver, Colorado, and we were, we belonged to the union and got on the work list and they put us to work. And so anyway, long story short, I lived in, uh, lived here in Greeley for 56 years and uh, it's my home now. Uh, but something happened to me. <clears throat> I was employed uh, eventually by a, a contractor in Eaton, Colorado, by the name of Goodell. He was 
At that time, it was Goodell Brothers. And uh, so we did various jobs. They were a small contractor. They didn't get the large jobs like the interstates and the four-lane highways and whatnot, but we did a lot of secondary roads. And uh, <clears throat> in this particular time, it was in 1968, uh, we had a job at Haxton. I don't know if you know where Haxton is. It's, it's east of Sterling. And uh, we finished that job, and from there, we had another job down at uh, Manzanola. I hadn't even heard of it. And uh, Manzanola is, it's on Highway 50. It's east of Pueblo and a little bit west of Rocky Ford. So at that time, I was operating a, what they called a, a DW-21. That was an old, you don't see those anymore, but they were a rubber-tired caterpillar scraper. And um, so when we finished the job at Haxton, uh, they really weren't equipped to haul that size equipment. They had a couple of trucks and low boys, but they'd haul their cats on. But so we roaded those machines from Haxton to Manzanola. I don't know the distance exactly, but we didn't make it the first day. So we stayed on, I think it was Pumpkin Center, I'm not sure. Uh, we came from Haxton to Brush, Colorado, and then took Highway 71 South. Okay, so the, the next day, which would have been the 8th of October, um, we headed out. There were three of us, um, three machines. Uh, the newest machine was in the lead, and of course it was a little bit faster than the other two. I was the second one in line. So we got separated by pretty good distance, probably a mile apart. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with the terrain there, but before you get to Highway 50 or um, the Arkansas or Arkansas River runs through there. So there's this little Arkansas Valley comes down through. On, especially on the north side, uh, it's pretty hilly. So when I top this big hill, with the, before we get to the river bridge, it's, it's a big, big hill. And, uh, and so I was behind anyway, so I kicked it out of gear and coasted down this hill. We, you know, they only run about 27 miles an hour, but coasting, you could get up 50, 60. And um, so anyway, uh, then it flattens out for quite a ways uh, before you cross the river. Uh, the, 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 the man in the lead, his name was Bill, he was parked just on the other side of the bridge. And there the road was narrow, there wasn't much of a shoulder. And so he was, had one wheel off the road and the rest of his 
machine was out in the lane of traffic. And uh, so I was still coasting, uh, wasn't going that fast. Uh, might have been doing 30. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll just pull over and in the left lane and just go on by him. And so that's what I, I pulled over in that lane. And, and uh, for some reason, he didn't look back. He just pulled out in front of me. And uh, uh, trying to miss him, I, I almost ran into him. And I turned sharply to the right because I had to go around him on the right side to have a chance at all. And um, somebody had taken a dozer and they had cut down the side of that road to get down to the bridge, which, made, which meant that it was straight up and down here, right, right off the shoulder, or even took part of the shoulder. Well, my machine, the right wheel dropped off. I couldn't get it back fast enough. And the right wheel dropped over that straight up and down. It, it twisted so rapidly and so harshly, it threw me out of the seat. On those machines, uh, you, you're sitting on the left side and you're beside the engine and the hood is kind of from here out front to you and the exhaust from the engine comes up through the hood and it's good size, it's eight, 10 inch. Well, it threw me out of the seat and I hit my face on that exhaust pipe and, and it knocked me out. So I didn't know anything for a while. Uh, the next thing I remember was I was underneath the, of the machine, looking up at the belly pan. Let me explain that to you. The belly pan is, they had a thick metal steel uh, plate underneath the engine so that if you ran over a rock or whatever, it wouldn't, it wouldn't smash your oil pan. And it, it was for protection. So the, the, what I remember is I'm laying, looking up at that belly pan, which was so far above me, and then I don't remember anything except that I hurt really bad. And so the next thing I knew was everyone else had gotten there, and they'd even called an ambulance. And, uh, and they came and they had a, I think they call that a gurney. So they pulled me out from under the machine and put me on the stretcher. I never hurt that bad in my entire life. And I screamed and then I passed out again. So they tied me, uh, strapped me to the gurney, put me in the ambulance and took me to Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford, when you get to Highway 50, is just to the left of ways. And uh, 
So as we were going into town, there was a man sitting by me. And I guess when I hit the exhaust pipe, it, it cut my nose and cut my lip in two and, and poked a hole in my cheek. And so the blood was running in my ear and for whatever, it was so, so irritating to me. And, I, and so I, I tried to talk to that man to help me and maybe wipe it off or something. And, uh, and I discovered that I really couldn't talk. Uh, I couldn't get my breath. I was just, I breathed so shallow and that was all I could, I just couldn't get enough air. I didn't even, I didn't have enough uh, air in my lungs to, uh, to tell him what I needed. Well, we crossed the railroad tracks about that time and just the rough track, uh, it hurt me so bad. And uh, so they took me to the hospital and of course I was unconscious more, much more than I was conscious. And um, so they called my wife here in Greeley and told her that she needed to come there because they didn't know what was wrong with me. But it was serious. So the foreman's wife lived in Eaton. She came and got my wife. My wife's name was Alberta, but she went by Bert ever since she was a kid. So, so Barbara and Bert came down. I don't know how long that took. Meanwhile, this was a Mennonite hospital, and they had a chaplain, and there was also a retired nurse. This nurse had been a foreign missionary for years and years and years, and uh, she, was, she had come home and was working in this hospital. I remember her, had a stronger memory of her than I did the, the chaplain, but I recall him coming and taking my hand and praying for me. Well, uh, when I took hours, my wife got there and they said, well, your husband is going to die if we don't do something. And he said, but <laughs> we don't think he's strong enough to, to survive an operation, so what should we do? So she said, go ahead and operate on him. Well, I came to you and they asked me, they said, uh, how do you feel about us trying to help you with an operation? I said, yeah, go ahead. What, so what they did then was they opened me up the entire length of my belly and uh, and I didn't know it and uh, but what what is obvious that happened to me is actually this machine was running over me uh, it ran it didn't run over me but it ran partially on me and it squashed all of my intestines up into my chest and 
squashed my lungs, and that's why I couldn't breathe. And, and you have what they call an omentum, a fatty-like apron in, in your insides, and it flipped upward and inward, and it wouldn't let things go back in place. So <laughs> anyway, um, um, they went ahead with this operation. Of course, they were successful. Um, I was there in this hospital for 11 days. I got a lot of attention. Um, everyone there knew me. Uh, I mean, all the, all the workers, all the employees. Uh, at one point or another, they'd come and see me, and and my recovery was astonishing, actually. Of course, they sewed my face up, and, and they discovered that I had these uh, fractured all of my lumbar vertebrae. All five of them fractured my sacrum, that huge bone across your hips, fractured my tailbone. And so they had me in pillows <laughs> in the bed. And um, uh, anyway, uh, so um, this was my, my stay. I didn't realize my condition. Uh, but after several days, uh, it was in the evening, and my wife was in the room. and. And there wasn't anyone else there but her. And, uh, and I, I said to her, Honey, I, I need to go to the bathroom. I want you to help me. It was only what, three or four steps away. And she said, well, you're not supposed to get out of bed unless a nurse or someone. I said, well, that's OK. I'm going to. I said, I want you to help me. And, uh, so, she, and so I got out of bed, and I made two steps toward the bathroom, and, and I hurt so bad I, I couldn't get there. So managed to get back in bed. And uh, long story short, I guess, is um, in 11 days, they took the stitches out of my face, and. And um, they uh, prepared to take me by ambulance from Rocky Ford to my front door here in Greeley. And they did that. So when we got home, I mean, oh, they had put a body cast on me too. Uh, it, it came from my hips to up under my arms. and. And they didn't use a brace, they used the body cast. And uh, so my wife went and bought a huge pair of coveralls and that was my clothing. That's about all I could wear. And so I was home to recover. And um, so um, we needed to get started walking. And uh, the first time I tried walking, uh, uh, our driveway is 40 feet long. I made it down to the end of the driveway, and uh, there, we had an old Chevrolet. We had two cars, and this old Chevy was parked by the curb. And 
I leaned up against the old car and got my bearings again and, and made it back to the house. That's the way it went for months. But little by little, I gained my strength. And, but we didn't have employment. I, I was good at work, and so I was drawing workman's comp at that time. And so my wife was selling, or not Avon, Tupperware. So she wasn't always home with me. But the guy that lived back behind where our backyards met, his name was Bill Ashlock. Bill was a retired gentleman. He'd come to see me every day. So we got to be pretty close and um, he would go walking with me. And during this time, I began to have thoughts about what happened to me. I was a young man. I was 34 years old when that happened. I turned 35 soon after. But I, I knew that I didn't survive on my own strength. I, I, I came to that realization and I thought about it a lot. And it occurred to me that, that God intervened in this situation and he spared my life. But I didn't know, I didn't go to church or I, I had almost no knowledge of him. But this bill that would come, I knew that he went to church and so one day as we were walking, I finally got to where I could walk clear around the block. And so we'd have some pretty long conversations. And so I was asking him, I said, Bill, I said, you know, I said, I believe that God uh, spared my life in that accident. And anyway, he listened to me and, uh, and but he didn't tell me what I needed to hear. But what he did do was he said, well, Eldon, he said, um, why don't you, and he called, he was a Southerner, he said, why don't you and Miss Bertie come and go to church with us this Sunday? And I said, yeah, that'd be good. So they came and picked us up and took us to church. And they had a preacher I wish you could have heard. Uh, he preached Jesus every Sunday. You could hear him downtown, you know. I mean, he had such a powerful voice and you couldn't miss what he said, even if you tried. And um, so then uh, Bill said, well, uh, we'll come next Sunday, and yeah. So they came, picked us up the next Sunday, and, we, and so this is what we were doing. And, and so then after that, after two Sundays, we drove ourselves, my wife could drive, and we started going to church, and I, I, I heard for the first time in my life uh, who Jesus is. I knew there was a God, 
I knew that there was a person named Jesus. And I had even heard that he died on the cross. But I didn't know what for. It had nothing to do with me. But it did. Um, anyway, through this... Well, we got to where we went to Sunday school as well. And, and, uh, and we, sang, we sang hymns in those days, and we sang out of hymn books, and I loved them. They were so, so precious, and they had such a message to them. I fell in love with those songs, and uh, anyway, we continued uh, on church, to church there every Sunday, and going to Sunday school. And it was, in, by then it was April. And uh, Easter that year was April the 6th and we went to church and, and uh, everything went as usual. And when the, the pastor preached and, and this is a Southern Baptist church and most Southern Baptist churches, at the end of the message, they'll offer an opportunity to come and accept Christ as your Savior. I had never seen anyone do that, so I didn't know what it was about. Well, we sang the song, Just As I Am. We sang all the verses. By the second or third verses, I kind of choked up and I, uh, by that time, I had really enjoyed singing along with the congregation, and, and I didn't know what was the matter with me. And, uh, and I, I, anyway, I, I was about to cry, and, uh, and so, so my wife said, well, do you want to go talk to the pastor? And I said, yeah. So we go up, and of course, he's standing up there waiting for me. He knows what's going on. And, and I didn't have to hardly say anything. He knew what was with me, and he asked me questions. But all I had to do was say, yeah, uh -huh, sure. And um, he asked me, did I want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life? And I said, yeah, I do. So <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that was my start on the Christian life. Um, that pastor filled the baptistry. Right after that, he baptized my wife and I both that evening. And I had my start in the Christian life. Uh, but, you know, um, it's been 51 years, a little past now. God has done a wonderful work in my mind, in my heart, in my life. Uh, he changed me all for the better. Uh, not that I'm any, anywhere near perfect, but uh, if you know Jesus, you know what it's like. Um, and anyway, um, you know the Lord is... He's helped me through that experience. I learned several things. You know, one thing that we learn about God is He is He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He displayed all of those for me. 
omnipotent. My God, stop that 70,000 pound machine from squashing me like a bug. And it could have just a few more inches. That's his omnipotence, his omniscience. He knows. He knew what I could handle. He knew when to stop that machine. He knew everything. Uh, in his omnipresence, he was there. You know, uh, we learn these things as we study his word and, and we begin to grow in Christ. And one thing that I discovered, uh, how important Christian people are, how important the church is, you know, uh, Jesus established the church. Um, he has a purpose for us. You know, he called some, what, uh, uh, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to help us, to teach us, help us to grow. And in establishing the church, uh, he also gave spiritual gifts. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. We're to combine those when we come together. We're to use those gifts. If you have the gift of teaching, uh, you'll get an opportunity to teach God's Word. Uh, if you do have the gift of teaching, you will probably be drawn to the Word. It will, it will just be a, become an obsession to you. You'll want to look at it, you'll want to study it, you'll want to understand what it's saying. And, and that's, but all of the spiritual gifts are for a purpose. And he puts those together to develop us. So that from my point, when I first came to Christ, uh, see, I went to this little church. They, the gifts were there, there's no question about it. I had a really great teacher, uh, a great pastor. I had friends there. Uh, one was an encourager. Her name was Millie Ord. When we started going to church there and go to the Sunday morning church and Millie would come and say, now, Eldon, uh, tonight, six o'clock, we have training union and uh, you'd be sure and come. Okay, so you'd go to, go to church that night and, and before you left, you'd come Millie and, well, Eldon, Six o'clock or six thirty, I think it was Wednesday night's prayer meeting. You be sure and be here, okay? So you go to prayer meeting, and sure enough, there was Millie. Now don't forget Sunday morning. Don't forget Sunday school. <laughs> and uh, she was such a blessing to me. I, I, of course, she's gone on to be with the Lord now. But uh, <laughs> what a joy! And. Uh, you know, the, the people that you meet, uh, 
that are that belong to the Lord are such a joy to you, that are such a blessing in your life. They inspire you. They love you. Regardless, you may be so immature, it's pathetic, but they love you anyway. They show you who God is and what he's like. And so my experience has been one of joy since that time. But the Lord has pretty much laid on my heart and mind uh, the need to share Christ. Um, some years ago, it hasn't been that long, maybe five, six years ago, somebody done an evaluation of some kind and they determined that there were less than 10% of Greeley's population that have a connection through Christ with, with God. The need is tremendous. And so the scripture that I shared with you is if they would call on Lord, they'd be saved. But how do they call? How do they call on the one they haven't believed in? How do they believe in the one they haven't even heard of? That was me. And, and they're all around us. And uh, anyway, so that's our task. And I believe that that's what churches do is they equip the saints for the work of ministry. And um, I'm pleased to be a part of your group. I haven't been here but a little while, but I've met such lovely people here. Uh, thank God for you. You have welcomed me into your midst. I've seen Jesus in you. Uh, and uh, I'm coming to love you. Uh, so anyway, that's my beginning. And uh, everybody has a different story, I'm sure. And, but we all have to come to the knowledge of his saving grace somewhere. And so I, what God wants from us, I believe, is help that person to have that start that they need. You know, share the love of Christ with those around you. And he'll, he'll give you what you need. He'll equip you. But if we get part of that equipment, and the majority of it, right here. So that's about it, I guess. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Um, Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you'd bring that song up. This, this week I caught myself riding in the truck singing that song. All right. And I was like, why am I singing this song? Because it is an altar call song, if you will. Right. And I almost sang it this morning. All and right. <laughs> I think I was supposed to, but I didn't. But I, would you mind if we sang that song? Not at all. Let me say one more thing when you do that. Uh, you know, the church that I grew up in, uh, it would give you an opportunity to come forward and acknowledge. Usually you would tell the pastor, 
you would acknowledge uh, your faith, your belief. And, and he would uh, ask you, do you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, make him your savior? And if you agreed to that, well, then he would introduce you to the congregation and continue from there if you needed baptism, well, that's what happened. But, but everybody needs an opportunity to come to Christ. If there's anyone here that has never publicly accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is a good time to do it. There's not a better place than inside of a church building. So as we sing, just to, as I am, let's, uh, let's consider that. Pastor, maybe you'd want to receive anyone that comes. Yes. If you feel the Lord speaking to you, Feel free to go on out and just kneel down and pray. Even if you just feel like you need a revival in your
Our Lord and our Father, we can give praise to you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, uh, your love is so immense. Amen. We'll never escape. Father, I thank you for pursuing my heart and mind and life to bring me to Jesus. And Lord, um, I know that each person that is a born-again believer has had an experience with you and, and has made Jesus the Lord of their lives. And so, Lord, we praise you. Help us to love one another, Lord, as, as Jesus loved us. And Father, help us to be the, the helper, the teacher, the, the friend that we need to be, not only to our church, but to those outside. Father, give us a, a good testimony for you. Help us to uh, walk close to you, Lord, that uh, others might see Jesus in us. So, Father, we pray and we thank you that you do want to give us opportunities uh, to share with uh, folks around us. Lord, pray that we'll be able to uh, make a difference. And instead of having less than 10%, Lord, uh, we could see a great increase. So, uh, Father, we praise your name. Uh, thank you that you love us. Thank you for our time here this morning. Uh, bless us. Be with us now as we separate and uh, go into uh, uh, whatever it is, whatever our assignment is for you. Lord, we pray that uh, we'll be blessed by just by being together and, and having the opportunity to worship you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hearing that, um, as I as I got to know Brother Eldon, the word in Psalm 92, um, verse verse 12, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree; he will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Those words came to my heart as I got to know Brother Eldon. He's still flourishing in his old age because he's planted in the house of the Lord. Brother Eldon wrote a book called How to Get to Heaven. And I encourage you to get that book. It's just a short booklet. I've read it and it was very encouraged. And at almost 88 years old, he has a burden from the Lord to go to eastern Nebraska, a little town called Humboldt. And share the gospel and start a Bible study. Brother, I hope I'm like you at 88 years old, still flourishing in the courts of God. You see, a lot of men his age are 
just wanting to play golf the next morning, wanting to win some, do something earthly. But here's a brother who's deeply in love with Jesus for 51 plus years. The Lord took his wife home a few years ago, and he's flourishing in the courts of God. Not discouraged, flourishing, bringing forth fruit, wanting to tell others this good news, the gospel. Dear brother, sister, don't lose that love for Jesus all the days of your life. Right? It's my prayer. Because we have many opportunities and we have an enemy who is determined to distract us, discourage us, and cause us to lose that first love to where we're barely surviving. But let's flourish, not just barely survive, right? Flourishing and telling others to declare the Lord is righteous and he's good. Yes, amen. Um, thank you all for coming today and worshiping the Lord together with us. And being encouraged. Um, just a one, a couple announcements. I've been talking, we have been talking about uh, perhaps changing our monthly schedule of Wednesday nights. But uh, the more that we prayed about it and thought about it, I think it'll still continue to work really well. I heard especially from the ladies that they would really still enjoy that uh, ladies time together. And I think we men do too. So we'll continue for now with our Wednesday evening schedule, the first Wednesday night of the month, the ladies have a Bible study prayer meeting here. The second Wednesday night, the men do. And then the third Wednesday night, it's a fellowship night for everyone and anyone to come. And then the fourth Wednesday night, we have off. Um, and uh, so this coming Wednesday night is fourth Wednesday night, so we'll have off. And then when there's a fifth Wednesday night, we typically have off or do something spontaneous. So uh, give opportunity for someone to suggest that we do something. But uh, for the next two Wednesday nights, we will not be having service here uh, unless the Lord changes that. And then we will. But let's not forget to encourage one another so much the more as we see the day of Jesus coming, drawing near. Brother Ely, uh, would you come forward and uh, Brother Ely and Sister uh, Christy have come and joined us. Uh, they attend a church in Windsor, Windsor Christian Fellowship. And uh, we got to know them, uh, oh, maybe a year ago or so, maybe now. Uh, he shared the word here numerous times and hopefully, Lord willing, will continue. Uh, Christy came this morning and helped with the praise team. Let's give her a, a, a round of applause and thank you. And I've been praying that uh, the Lord would give it our, another opportunity for you to come because Brother Ili is from Mexico. And we have a brother, a Burnaby, here who, Brother, you've been so faithful in coming, speaks broken English from Peru. Uh, and I've been praying that the Lord would connect them so that uh, they could speak fluent Spanish uh, and uh, they could be a blessing to each other. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Lord willing, this fall, and through the winter months, Brother Eli will be teaching us Spanish. And we're hoping whoever's interested will have uh, once a week, perhaps, or we'll see how the Lord works it out. 
uh, where he'll be uh, teaching us Spanish. I have a desire to learn Spanish. I just took it in school many years ago. But because we live in a community where there are numerous people who do speak the language, and especially in our neighborhood, um, that's been a burden the Lord has put on, on my heart. So I'll ask you to go ahead and close this in prayer. Sure, yeah. Uh, but the Spanish that I know is from Mexico, right? Peru, Peruvian, I mean, Peruvian Spanish is different. Mucho gusto. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's pray. Yeah, thank you for, for this time. I want to pray. Okay. Father, we thank you for, um, for today. Lord, we thank you for uh, the opportunity of our brother to share with us how you saved him. And, and not only from the accident, but saved his soul and that you cleansed his heart and took every sin out of his life and and that's just huge blessing for us to see that you're faithful and that you use every single um, situation just to glorify yourself we thank you again for for this time um, thank you for the opportunity of being together get to know each other and I also want to uh, say thank you Lord for providing thank you for for the meal that you have for us today uh, it's just we're just so blessed that you always, always faithful to us all the time. We bless your name, Jesus, and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a meal for